September, the last blazing heat of a dwindling summer, or the cold advancing grip of fall. I never know how to dress. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Last summer, I took up a side hustle as a carpenter with a friend of mine. This physical labor was a nice complement to the mind-intensive work of running an outdoor school. As summer waned, our piles of half-inch plywood sheathing shrunk, until one day I hefted the very last piece off the sand and gravel fill of the job site. The dirt was dark and moist where the plywood had been, despite the lack of recent rain, while the dirt surrounding that patch was dusty and dry. In the moist patch of dirt, there were several divots and depressions, each harboring what I thought were single small rocks. It was just at that thought that my brain sorted out what my eyes had been showing me all the while. Each of those divots was not harboring a rock, but in fact, the topic of today's feature, American toads. American toads, or Anaxorus americanus, formerly Bufo americanus, for the herpetologists among us, can be two to four inches long and are much stouter and plumper than their frog cousins. They also are largely terrestrial and, thanks to some mild neurotoxins they secrete from their skin, can be seen slowly ambling carefree across the forest floor in search of food. This laid-back lifestyle is akin to that of porcupines and skunks, whose powerful defense mechanisms afford them similar protection from predation. While toads may not have to worry a great deal about predation, they do have to worry about desiccation. While they may have chosen a life predominantly on land, toads are still amphibians whose thin, porous skin allows them to breathe and exchange water. So toads hunker down in shallow burrows like the ones I discovered on the job site during the heat of the day unless it is unusually warm and wet. They will generally select areas under logs, stumps, or rocks with ample duffy, sandy, or otherwise loose soil underneath where they can dig a shallow burrow. But that isn't the extent to which these diggers can dig. With the encroachment of winter and being cold-blooded, all of our amphibians get a bit creative with how they make it through the cold season. Wood frogs freeze solid in the leaf litter. Many other frogs will burrow into the mud beneath ponds and streams. Toads, on the other hand, get digging. Starting roughly in September, they will back themselves into the soil and use their powerful hind legs to excavate a burrow while allowing the tunnel to collapse behind them. But they don't stop with the shallow depressions they relax in during the summer days. The toads will continue to excavate until they are safely below the frost line, where they will wait out the worst of the winter months until soil temperatures are consistently above 40 degrees in April or May. Depending on where they live, this can be a pretty amazing amount of digging for such little fellers. Their geographic range is quite large, from the Rocky Mountains to the East Coast, with the exception of Florida. So this might mean very little digging for the toads of the South, but for the main contingent, that could be several feet. While American toads don't seem especially picky about where they dig, they do need ample loose soil. So they may hunker down in forests, fields, gardens, lawns, or even a construction site. After such effort, they do seem to prefer taking advantage of previous year's work by using the same burrow year after year. So this week, you could try looking for toads. If you happen to have some sheets of plywood lying on sandy fill, that's a great place to start. Otherwise, check under logs or rocks. 
Remember, if you do find a toad, you are best to leave it be and carefully return the log, rock, or plywood to its previous position. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.